and we are back. This week's episode is a sit-down conversation with the one and only Bill Flanagan. Bill has been a member of Strongtown and of Staple the 6AM class since 2012. Despite what he says about being old and having a dad bod, he puts up some very impressive workout performances. He is an avid runner, although supposedly he doesn't enjoy it, and outside of the gym you can find him actively involved with the local youth basketball teams. Apparently there's a basketball board that I didn't know existed. We talk about where he grew up, how he got started running, and of course how he found Strongtown, amongst other things. I have to thank him for taking the time to chat with me and hope you all enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Strongtown Talks. I am your host, Dan Gallagher. This is a show where we talk with the people and friends of the Strongtown community. Okay, guys. Welcome back to another week and another episode of Strongtown Talks. We've been on a bit of a uh, hiatus for the past three weeks now, and part of that is my fault. Part of it is just been enjoying the summer and not being able to get these episodes recorded and edited as quick as I would like to. So I'm here today with a guest who I have been trying to get on here for a little while. That's bullshit. And it's not total bullshit. You've been a busy guy. (laughs) I've been busy. You've been busy. I've been busy. We've had trouble coordinating a date. So I am here today with Bill Flanagan. And Bill, you are one of our longer tenured members at Strongtown. You've been with so us polite, since... Polite way of saying one of the <laughs> older members, yes. <laughs> oh, the older one, the more tenured members. My hair was brown when I started well, here, yes. Listen, I, I'm catching up, so... <laughs> Not really. The, the longer we're here, the closer I get. <laughs> but, Bill, I, I appreciate having you on the show I'm today. I'm psyched to do it. I've been listening to these for a year waiting for the call. <laughs> Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> exactly. Normally, when I start out one of these episodes, I like to start off with having you do sort of a quick introduction, just talking about who you are, where you grew up. Sure. I know you live in the Southbury area now, and uh, I don't think you've always been a native of Southbury. Nope. So, actually, I grew up in Connecticut, but grew up in East Granby. Don't confuse that with Granby. That's like Red Sox Yankees. Okay. So, East Granby, which is just north of Hartford, just almost to the Massachusetts line. Fun fact, smallest public high school in the state of Connecticut, East Granby High. Is it really? Yep. And also, fun fact, so Karen, my wife, who you know, also went there. So we that's how I met her. But anyway, so I grew up up there. What was the graduating class of this high school? 52 public. This is a public, there are 52 people. 52. My senior year, the freshman class had six boys in it. Tough. Tough to field a good sports team when you get six boys per class. Yeah, is that why no one knows of East Granby and everyone knows Granby? <laughs> Everybody knows about you, apparently, Dan. <laughs> we formed a legend out there. Okay. <laughs> Everybody knows East Granby. Now, yeah, it's tiny. It's right by the airport, right okay. near, right near yeah, right yeah. the airport. And so, yeah, like total small town. Grew up there, <clears throat> went to school in Boston. When graduated, kind of bounced around a little bit. It was in New York for a while. And then actually ended up moving down to Atlanta. Was down there for three years. And we moved back up here. And the reason, so I'm in Southbury now. And we've been in right. Southbury since 03. So I've been here 18 years. And honest to God, I mean, I grew up in Connecticut. I don't think I could have pointed out Southbury on a map. My job at the time was down in Westport. And so we started looking for a house. You know, we, Karen and I just got, in fact, we just had Molly. We just had our, we had a baby. So we. Um, this was after Atlanta. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we got back. We, we're in Atlanta. We'll try to break this down a little yeah. bit as we go through this. <laughs> exactly. I'll give you the chronology here. Right? So got married in 2000. Uh, 2001, 
got an offer to within same company to move to Atlanta. And we're like, Karen and I were like, oh, we couldn't afford a house up here. It was so expensive. Like, let's go down to Atlanta and, you know, try something new. So we did. And it was awesome. We had a ball. And so my oldest daughter, Molly, who's a member here, um, was born down there. And we... I did not know that. Yeah, we were born in, born in Atlanta in, in 02. So it was just down there for three years. And we always knew we were going to move back up here, always. Like, that was always the plan. It was just going to be a temporary thing. We actually bought a house in Atlanta because we could. It was so much cheaper. Yeah, yeah. And like, you get like 10 times the house. Great experience. So moved back up here. As I said, I was working in Westport at the time. So we started looking, we wanted to buy a house and we're like, okay, let's look at, you know, Westport was out, too expensive, Fairfield, too expensive, Trumbull, too expensive. We just kept making like concentric circles outward from Westport, like where can we go? And Karen called me one day at work and she's like, hey, I saw this house in Southbury. And I, my exact words were, where the fuck is that? I've never, right. like, I don't, <laughs> don't know where that is. I'm like, no, it's too yeah. far. Like I looked on a map, I'm like, there's too far. Yeah, B-E-R-R-Y? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so she convinced me, she's like, just go take a drive by. It looks like a nice house online. Right. I'm like, all right. So I did, I drove up and it was definitely a beater, like fixer upper, but it was in a beautiful neighborhood on a beautiful lot. And like everything we had been looking at in lower Fairfield County, just blew those houses away. So I'm like, I'll suck it up and drive an hour to work every day. And we did and fell in love with the town and, um, actually lived in that house for eight years. And then we built a house in Southbury, so we're, we're here for good. It's great. We love it here. And actually, the family that you sold that house to, I believe there's a gym connection there That's where... Exactly. So Pete Catuccio, who comes there at 6 a.m., who's someone who I also have to get on this podcast. Pete needs to be on there, yes. I believe Pete's brother... Pete's got bought, a lot to say. He <laughs> bought that house? Pete's brother brought that house, exactly. So Paul, who is the athletic director at Watertown High, who has connections to people all over this gym... Like the best family. Like if you know Pete, you can imagine his yeah. brothers. Not much difference. Brothers, awesome. So yeah, so they bought our house. So they have four kids. Actually, I knew Paul before I met Pete. I met Pete here. I I didn't know Pete before. Wow. Yeah, Pete's my boy. He Did needs, you make the connection there. based on the last name? Yeah. Or yeah, okay. Exactly. And also, Pete's wife is a teacher in Southbury. She's a PE teacher. Yes. In Southbury, and so my kids had her. She was okay. she was my kid's gym teacher growing up, so everybody knew Mrs. Catuccio. And, you know, yeah, it's that, one it's one of those names. That I, name, I, yeah. I haven't heard Catuccio too many other places. <laughs> Not a lot of Catuccios yeah. floating around, yeah. So I want to go back to East Granby really quick. You Let's mentioned go. that this was Best your one of your classes had six guys. Yeah, I mean it wasn't like most like again fifty two was fifty was the average class size. It just so happens my, my senior year the freshman class was tiny at so, six boys. Talk to me about the sports there because you, okay, yeah. you are someone when you came into the gym, I feel like we have always kind of known you as you've been involved with the local town youth teams for basketball, yep. I believe. Yep, very much. And you also do a lot of running. So you're, you're a bit of a, a marathon I runner. I don't, and, I don't like uh, to run, but I do run. I know yeah. you're also an avid golfer on the side, but yeah. I feel like you had an athletic background growing up. I mean, you know, glory days, high school, it was East Granby. It's tiny. So yeah. we were not good in sports, but for North Central Connecticut, yeah, it was a decent high school athlete, but not good enough to be. So you, you know, played not, basketball? I played, so played soccer, basketball, and baseball. Okay. And no track events. No. God, no cross country? No, no, no. I don't like to run, Dan. I, <laughs> I, I disagree with you. I think you, you know about me after nine years. I don't love to run. Uh, no, but our, you keep doing it. But our, yeah, well, it's I just don't want to be fat. 
so yeah, to like okay, so, so like not, basketball, not, soccer, baseball, ba- basketball. We were okay, not great. Um, baseball, we were we were weirdly good in, in high school. Our team was good. We went to my senior year. We went to the state finals. It's class S, which is in Connecticut. Class you know S is small schools. And we went to the state finals, which was the first time the school ever had been in a state final. Oh, wow. Uh, we lost one nothing to Ansonia. Yeah, but you're doesn't, there. doesn't hurt. I, guess, <laughs> I don't remember every single second of that game still 30 years later. but uh, Was basketball your primary sport yeah, yeah. out basketball, of the three? Basketball was my favorite sport to play, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was, and so. What was your position? I was point guard. You know, we were okay team, small school, okay team. I was, you know, not a fine player for North Central Connecticut, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not, you know, we played some bigger schools, you know, Avon was in our conference, EO Smith, so it was like, you know, playing up, up there, but it was, it was my number one sport, uh, but yeah. I, I knew, like, I knew high school was the end of the road for that, I wasn't good enough to play in college, not in basketball, not even close, but I've always, it was my, my dad kind of really got me into it, and was really the kind of driver and in getting me into all sports, but basketball especially, he was a huge basketball fan, as I've now I've gotten old, like that's the sport I've gravitated to. I've coached everything. I coached my kids through everything through Southbury, but basketball was, you know, it was the number one thing. I, I coach. I've coached a lot of basketball here in town. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, like so. Before we hopped on the episode today, I think you were talking to Barry about it. Is are, are you coaching Caitlin? So now? no. What happened was I was I'm on the basketball board in Southbury. I've been on the board for nine years. I did not know there was a basketball there's board. There's a basketball board. So okay. we, we court, I mean, it's, it ain't glamorous. Like <laughs> we, we coordinate all the winter leagues, both the park and rec sides, you know, and then the travel team. So, you know, there's, I don't know how many there are, five or six of us. And we meet every two months and go to a bar and drink beer and organize the leagues. You know, we had signups recently and, and I saw a roster and I see Becky's name as a I was to Barry. I'm like, <laughs> I see Becky's name on there as a volunteering to coach. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. But apparently I just found out four minutes ago that Barry didn't know that. So <laughs> <laughs> way to stay involved, Barry. Yeah. So that's I so, could see Becky that being right up Becky's alley. Oh, I Becky's think she would absolutely love are that. Are you kidding me? She's like, no offense to our other coaches, but she's our best you, you know that she's our best <laughs> coach here. Becky's amazing. So, uh, yeah, I haven't coached Caitlin, but I'm kind of oversee the league that she's apparently dominating in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look at her her parents. They're animals. Caitlin's always been very athletic. Yes. You know, the gym is, uh, we just had our 10 year anniversary. Caitlin's about as old as the gym. She's basically grown up here her entire life, running around, swinging in the rings and doing pull ups and push ups and. I remember being, up the amazed, and being amazed by her when she was tiny and yeah. like jumping on the rings and doing crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I was not doing that as a kid. I think I was digging holes somewhere. <laughs> Same. Yeah. High school is East Granby. You ended up going to college. You said Boston. Yep. Went to school in Boston. I went to BC. I had a great time. I actually played rugby at BC, so I went there without a sport, right? Like I wasn't good enough to play a D1 sport. Rugby is a great sport for college. Yeah. A friend of mine that I met early freshman year was like, hey, want to try rugby? I'm like, I don't know anything about that game and did it. And it was the best decision Most people don't. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. You've heard of it type thing. You got it. And so we kind of, that's what it was. Like the very first practice I went to, like nobody knew what they were doing. Yeah. It's like, oh, they played it in Ireland, I think. So played rugby and it was by far the best decision I made in school because it was, it was my social group. It was, all, it was, the sport is awesome. The sport is legit. And we were... Like if you kind of, Mike, you'll know this, 
lot of rugby teams in college, some of them take the game seriously. Mm -hmm. Some of them, it's a social club, right? Yeah. And our team, we, we took it seriously. We had a good team. I mean, we had a bunch of maniac partiers, but we had a good team. So we, we took it seriously. As I said, we there was the social side of it for sure. Right. And that was where, I mean, it was hilarious. It was just... I think the social side of it, it more so than at least the sports I've played rugby. I don't know if it's more of a club sport or what the name it is, but I feel like that social aspect of it where the teams get together after the game and you got it. they have their drink up or you edge. Got it. Mike, you'd probably know what they do in high school better than I do, but I feel like it was a very similar thing in high school uh, as well. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I feel like that's baked into like the culture of the sport. It's something that's very unique to the game. I, I yeah. think. And, and I mean, it's, it's mortifying. Like if, if somebody like right. an adult went to one of those, <laughs> drink ups after the game and you're like witness some of the stuff you see and it's it's stupid like some of the things we did were like all of us like right. dumb yeah you know, nothing dangerous but dumb but super fun and that was the best thing like you beat the shit out of each other for an hour and a half you and did then right you, and then you like literally are like singing songs together right. arm yeah, and cheers arm and, and beers yeah, and, yeah. It's, it's awesome like super fun like great and you know really really fun hard sport yeah and we practiced five days a week and play on the week. So play on the weekend. So it was, you know, you traveled up and down the East coast to play. It was fun. Right. It was a lot of fun. It was a club sport. It wasn't, you know, it's a club sport. Yeah. And I think it's always been called the gentleman's sport too, because of that. And, you know, you play in sort of your polos and your, your khaki shorts. I guess. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, it is a good time. A gentleman on our team. Right. <laughs> it's just what it's called. <laughs> they leave you on the field. Right. Exactly. That's true. Yes. So Bill, I'm, not sure where we're going to take this conversation next. The, the two things I was kind of interested in touching on were one is kind of like what brought you to Strongtown. You bet. And the other thing that I'm kind of fascinated about with you is these marathons that you keep running <laughs> and you seem to do them every year. <laughs> Not every, but yeah. Most it's become, years. It's become a thing, yeah. I, I keep hearing it's going to be your last. It's never your last, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Not so far. So I'm also curious about like what brought you into uh, when was your first marathon? How sure. long have you been doing that whole thing? Yeah. Is someone forcing you to do this? Do we need to <laughs> talk about something? <laughs> a little bit, maybe. <laughs> a little bit. So it's funny and it actually dovetails in nicely with my CrossFit story because I started, I ran my first marathon in 2011. So the year that Strongtown opened. Right. Yeah. It's, I did not know that was your first marathon. Yeah, I thought no, you had been doing these no, going back much farther. No, like that was my first one. And it was a bunch of guys I know, friends of mine in town, one of whom I'd coached his daughter in soccer. And he's like, and this dude used to be, he'd go to soccer practice. The, this is, I don't know, whole my kids, the eight-year-old soccer, mm -hmm. right? and, and this guy would be running laps around the field during soccer the whole time. So we got chatting, and he it turns out he's he's into running. He's got a group of guys he runs with, and I, I knew a few of them, so he invited me. So I started running with him just because I, I didn't have strong town was yet. Was this the right? uh, father – was this the priest? So Father Joe ended up becoming – Father Joe. Sorry, yeah, Father Joe ended up becoming part of that, right? That wasn't my entry okay. into it, but uh, yeah, Father Joseph, yeah, the priest, the priest of Sacred Heart, <laughs> like was part of this running crew, and he was like seventy years old at the time, and he'd be dusting people. Great, yeah. great, great man. He just retired, so I just started running like twice a week with these guys, and we'd do four miles, like as on the bridal trail in South. Park. Okay, just four miles up to back to, and then we go drink coffee and go to work. It was just something because I was not working out at the time. Were you doing that once a week, a couple times a Twice week? Twice a week. Twice yeah. a week. Twice okay. a week. So we just like, I think like Tuesday, Thursdays. And we'd meet at like 6 a.m., go run four miles, go to Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, get a coffee, shoot the shit for a while, and then head home and go to work. 
that started probably spring of that year. And then one of the guys like, hey, you're already running a lot. Like, just just start ramping up the miles and run a marathon. I'm like, yeah, no. And, but we just continued. I just kept running with these guys. And at some point, I'm like, yeah, maybe I should. Like, yeah. put it on the life list, right? Check it off. Like, this would be a cool thing to do. So we ran Harford. And uh, it was, like, I thought I was ready, Dan. It was a fucking disaster. It was just a shit show. I just wasn't prepared to be on my feet that long there's a kind of saying about marathons is like you break it up into thirds or not thirds but 10 10 six right so okay. the first 10 you run with your mind because you don't want to go out too fast you want to save energy blah 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 second 10 run with your legs because now you're just kind of like you're into it and just right your legs are and then the last six you run with your heart because you're done i've run a few of these now and i've never hit this thing that they call the wall i never hit a wall but i just like it it sucked last six my goal was to break four hours and i didn't it was like 405 whatever so kind of where this kind of like now letters into crossfit is so i joined and we'll, i know we want to talk a little bit about like how i joined etc and i will yeah, but i right. just talk a little bit about the impact of crossfit so i joined crossfit fast forward a year i've been doing crossfit a year i did my second marathon and i cut 20 minutes off my time and that was 2012? That was 13. 13, okay. Yeah, so I just showed you the value of full body yeah. training and everything. It just really made a big difference. So before... Yeah, I'm going out of order a little bit. Sorry, no, no, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's fine. That's fine. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> bring me, bring me, <laughs> we'll, we'll bring me back, this. host. Prior to the marathon in 2011, and okay, you had your run club, were you doing any type of gym routine? Yeah, like, I was, what, the, I was more the classic... The classic, back. yeah, you yeah, got chest it. and tries. Classic, you know, have some free weights at home. I hadn't joined a gym in Southbury, so it was just mostly just shit at home. So now I'm getting late thirties, and like it's real. The dad bod kicks in for sure. And so, you guys had two kids at this time, actually all three. The, all Dan, three. Danny okay. was born too, so we're, oh, we've got three. So Molly, Aaron, Danny. And so I always like, forget yeah. Aaron's name and say Cougar. Yeah, Cougar, yeah, it's Cougar. <laughs> Cougar's, yeah, it's, that's Aaron, yeah, Cougar. Molly, Cougar, Danny. Molly, Cougar, Danny. <laughs> so yeah, so we're like all three, and I, it's like I'd go on a thing where for a month I'd run, and just like, hey, maybe I can lose some weight that way. Diets, like the whole, just stupid. I just didn't right. know what I was doing, right? But nothing formal, nothing stuck. Right. The running thing, which I liked was at least it gave me like, there was a group of guys. Why I kind of got into it was there was a group of guys. They were meeting at six. So I yep. had some accountability to get there and do it versus like wherever. Yeah, Cause you don't want to be shamed. <laughs> yeah, you get it. You get it. Which is a little bit of what happens here too. My up until that point, any working out I had done, like I tried to do stuff, but I was just the classic. You got a bench guy yeah. or like, and then, I've found in this place really drilled into me. Like I don't do well. I need, it helps me to have somebody tell me what to do as far as my workouts and then I'll go do it. So when I was on my own, I'd be like, ah, I don't really feel like doing that today. Yeah. I don't feel like doing that today. And it, yeah, yes, you get it. And that's why. And so that's what I mean. When I went to, to be able to have a group of guys that were going to be meeting at the bridal path, like it got me out of bed, mm -hmm. met them, go do it, be done. So yeah. 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 But I never liked running. Like, and I'm, I mean this. Like, I, the, people think this is a joke. Like, I don't love running. Okay, so how many, how many marathons have you run total? So I've I've run six, not like twenty. I've okay. run six. 
This is, and I've got one coming I feel like up. you had some years where you did two to three, though. I did. There's two years. That's what I mean. So, like, I don't love running. So, what happens is, like, I'll run one, and I'm like, that was awful. Yeah. And the training for it is awful. And so, the next year, I'm like, I'm not doing that again. And then the second year, I've keep, this is what keeps happening to me. I'm like, mm, yeah, maybe I'll do that again. I think I can be that time. Yeah, let's, let's try that <laughs> I again. I think it could go a little faster. So, I basically, like, going every other year, and as just kind of circumstances happened, both years that I've run two mm-hmm. was because I got into New York. So, New York's a lottery. And yes. I, so like, and it's usually you don't get in and I've applied twice and I've gotten in both times. So I had already scheduled one marathon okay. and, and it worked out really well. Like both years I've run two, they were exactly three weeks apart. When you're training for a marathon, you're supposed to start to scale down three weeks before, right? Taper. Taper down. Yeah. yeah. And so it just worked out as like, I cool. So I'd run a marathon and then I had three weeks to kind of taper back down to run the second marathon. So. Okay. So yeah. what is your training regimen leading up to the marathon? Because I, I feel like you've done these a few times yeah. now. You seem to have a routine in terms of yeah. increasing your run volume and trying to do a certain amount of miles per week. Or how are you? So this is where. And this I, is where we don't see you in the gym as much. Yeah, I know, This is when I, I know, worry about I know, you and I start I sending you text messages <laughs> about how you're doing. <laughs> so true. I've been spotty lately. <laughs> So this is the truth. This is not a commercial for strong. No, this is not a str- commercial for strong town. I mean this legitimately, right? So my best marathon sponsored by <laughs> <laughs> my best marathons have definitely been when I'm active here. Okay, like my time has been better, and my uh, the way I feel during the runs has been dramatically better. I can't seem to get like. Nine years on here, Dan, like I'm still not, it still sucks getting up in the morning at 530, right? It does. It sucks. So my routine has been, it's changed a little bit and I'm not sure that I found the optimal one, Mm -hmm. but I try to run three times a week. That's it. Like, and that seems unusual. That's, that's less than most people that are training for a marathon. I I thought it was going to be five to six. Yeah. No, I run three days a week. So (laughs) now I have really no excuse why I'm not in here this week. (laughs) So I run two, full disclosure. <laughs> exactly. So I run Tuesday, eight, Thursday, eight, and long on the weekends. So right now, tomorrow is a sixteen day. So I'm in, you know, getting to some miles now. What I should be doing, and I do intend to, and I mean this sincerely. I like I'm starting next week. I've been traveling a lot too. I want to start getting back in here at least three days a week for CrossFit. So if I can go three days CrossFit, three days running, I'll be I'll be crushing it. When I'm running my CrossFit improves dramatically. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it seems, you know, pretty obvious thing to say, but it, it's dramatic. No, I think it's that elevated heart rate and yeah. staying in that sort of that zone for yeah. a period of time. It's different, right? I mean, running, I'm, the reason I run marathons and people are like, well, you know, do you run a lot of half marathons? I'm like, no, I've never run one. I've never run a half marathon. I hate 5Ks. I hate them. I don't like to run. I run fast enough. Like I'm running like decent speed. Like I'm running. No, you're one of the strong runners in the gym. I'll, like, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll give you credit for that. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. But like I'm not a. But I'm running. Garrett pushes the runs no. a little bit right now. He's he's Garrett. a little bit of aggressive with his run pace. And cat cat's like gone crazy on a yeah. run recently. I'm not I'm not happy about that. But you've always just been you've been a very consistently strong runner at, at strong time. Well, thank you for saying. Like I feel like a 5K, I have to like push. In a half marathon, I know I can do the 13. I know mm-hmm. I can do that. So I'm like, I have to push. And I'm not, <laughs> not really interested in pushing for 13 miles. So I like 26 because I just find an eight and a half minute pace and just stay on it. 
the whole way. You know what I mean? Have you ever considered, and the only reason I'm bringing this up and I wasn't planning on talking about this day, but it came up earlier. So Dan O'Connell, yes, who does some of the ADMs yeah. and some of the earlier classes yeah, here, yeah. he has done a few of the, uh, I forget which one it is, but it's a 50K trail run. Yeah, he's a maniac. And he, I think he's him. done it three or four times. Has he really? And I give him a lot of credit for that. And I think someone was getting to, trying to get him to sign up for it this year. They only have like 150 or so per, you know people signed up so far. No shit. I got to chat um, him up. I'm, I'm like, it's like 30, I guess it's, I don't know, it's got to be like 34. He, he says it's somewhere between like 30 and 34 miles because they don't, since it's a trail run, it's hard for them yeah. to measure the true length of it. Yeah, yeah. it's a 50K. Um, people, yeah, 50K. Yeah, yeah right. It was funny because that spiked my interest more than a marathon. Yeah. Like, I don't so know same what it is about it. Like the fact that's a trail runner. I'm like, oh, you're in the woods. And he was even saying, he's like, there's parts of it. He's like, you're just out there for a couple hours by yourself. Mm. You're not seeing anybody. You're just kind mm. of moving every now and then you see a flag to let you know that you're on sort of the right path. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Um, as opposed to a marathon, I think you do see a little bit more of just that group of people. He's like, this is like, you're kind of just alone in the woods. I think they cap it at like, you know, 10 hours maybe that's i am with you a million like i want to do that yeah i want to do that. i'm like there's and a they part both of sound miserable. there's part i feel like i should try to do a marathon maybe before i try to go out just to run in the woods for 50k because all, all those trail runs are up and down hills too yes. there, there's yeah, no yeah. there's no 50k around no, flat, no, it's, right? right yeah we're not <laughs> in, in the Texas. woods yeah exactly <laughs> they don't you know i want to do that for sure i don't i'm not kidding when i tell you like 20 through 26 is insane. Yeah. It's really hard. Like that part sucks. And the, I can't imagine going the extra five. And especially if you're in, you know, trails too, like it's uneven footing. Like, yeah. but, but that would be so much more fun. I but think. I feel like it's more mentally stimulating. Like, like you're exactly. just always. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I got to chat him up. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was, he, he's brought it up in the past and I kind of forgot about it. And it came up today because I guess his buddy was trying to get him to sign up for this. I think it's in the Connecticut or the tri-state area. They used to have one at Kettletown State Park. They don't have it anymore. I was interested in doing it, but what I didn't love about it, so it's a 10K trail run, and it's up and down hills, man, like some okay. serious hills. And so there was a 10K, 20K, 30K, 40K, and so it was the same trail. You just either do it once. Oh, you just do loops. Yeah, basically. you just either okay. do it once, twice, or up to and five they, times. they do that with the Spartan races, too. Yeah, exactly. With some of the exactly. longer ones, there's multiple loops around the same sort it. of course. And I don't love that. Like, when I run marathon, when I'm looking for marathons, I usually look for, I like just straight out ones, right? There's a lot of marathons that just loop four times or whatever. There's a lot of out and backs. To your point, like, I'm looking for something to mentally stimulate me. You're on your feet for four hours. And so I feel like if I see the same thing four times, five times, like right. that, that's not quite as cool. Until I get that. Yeah. So what was your first exposure to Strongtown? Yeah. Because you've been with it, you said, nine yeah. years. So like, I, joined, I have a hard time pinpointing your start date. Like I, I was trying I, to look you up before you came here. I can tell you I, exactly I, I what I, I can tell you when it, exactly when it was. So you guys opened in <clears throat> summer of 11. Correct. I joined in April of 12. So I wasn't here from the very beginning. Okay. And I only know that because weirdly, I don't know why I remember this, but it was just the day after Easter. It was a Monday. I'll never forget the why. Like all of us, we all remember the, the first day. And that was before you guys had, you know, on-ramp classes. So I just, <laughs> I was in, right? Like I get thrown right in. So I get into it because Mike Rafferty, one of my best friends, everybody knows Raff. I'm never, he walked into Starbucks one day where it was after a run. We, I was with the running guys. We we're at Starbucks and he walked in. He was on his way to work or doing on his way to a meeting or something. And he looked lean. 
I hadn't seen him in probably a couple months, and he, I'm like, wow, you look good. What's What, what are you doing? He's like, I joined this thing. Have you heard about this? Because I didn't even know. Like, yeah. I, I was aware of CrossFit. I'd heard it, of yeah. it. I got to get Mike on here. He was like definitely one of the early adopters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah, you got to get Ref on here for sure. He goes, Bill, I love it. He's like, I love it. Like, I'm I'm into it. Like, it's competitive. And I'm like, huh, tell me more. So uh, we, we talked about it a little bit, and then <laughs> – I remember I sent an email to the strong info at or whatever, like, you know, right. And, uh, he's like, you'll meet this guy, Mike. And so I sent the email and legit, like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to take you to task here. Okay. Right? <laughs> legit. Like two weeks went by without a response. I'm like, oh, that's very fuck? possible. This, this sucks. I'll cut you a break now, Dan. You were in London, right? Like I, at I the was. time you were in London at the time. Right? I had internet though. I should have responded no, quicker than no, that. No, please. I'm, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding you about that. But so I do, you're the one that responded. You responded and you're like, Hey, sorry. You know, been, been, it probably wasn't two weeks. It might've been five, yeah. four days. So I'm making it up. I'm it's too long. Embellishing, but it was it's too long. No, no, it was fine. Dan. It was fine. I'm here. And so you're like, yeah, come on in for a class. Like, just pop in whenever. Just let me know when you're going to be there because we want to know when new members are yeah. you know, coming in. It was the Monday after Easter, and I came in. It was a 6 a.m. class because Raph wasn't going to 6 a.m. classes then, but he's like, it was all that worked for me. And he's like, I'll join you there. And I walked in. Funk was here. And so I knew Funk. <laughs> for good or for bad, I knew Funk. Pat Lamarco was here, was a right. buddy, buddy of mine. And then Raph came that day, although he wasn't a 6 a.m. or so I'm like, oh, you guys are all here? Different times, if you remember. Like, that was like the 6 a.m. was like the old man class. It was like all of us. It and, was back then. Yeah. yeah. Like Carl, Joe. Yeah. That dude that grunted, uh, I forget his name, Matt. Was it uh, Matt? Matt Smolian. Matt Smolian. Good, good, yeah. good dude. <laughs> good, good dude. I actually bumped into him not too long ago in the Newtown area at Cover Two. Oh, is that right? Just he, like across the parking lot. And this was, I, you know, back during sort of, you know, more peak COVID times. But it was sort of like shouted across the parking lot. It's like, hey. He's like, oh, I'll see you soon. I'll reach out. But yeah, I got to send him a message. He's a good dude. And I'm just like all of us, I remember the first wad, right? And Or I don't remember all. I remember pieces of it. I remember so the weightlifting thing was deadlift. The weightlifting portion was deadlifts. I'll never forget. Like, Mikey's like, no, don't go that much. I've never deadlifted. Your, your nemesis, time. Bill. Yeah. Yes. Now I know why. I was thinking about this on the way over here. I think my PR in deadlift is from that day <laughs> si- simply because I don't like, I was just an idiot. I'm like, my form was terrible. And I'm like, right, oh, right. I got this. All I just lift the bar off the floor, right? It's not that hard. Like, I've hopefully gotten a little bit smarter since then. And like, right. that's not, a, that's not a, I don't really fuck with deadlifts much anymore because I hate them, but. They're good for you. Yeah, I, I know. Unfortunately, it's maybe a love hate. It's fine because power cleans and cleans have been sort of that's your jam. I do like those. Yes, like that's your movement. <laughs> and then it's funny that you know the the beginning part of a clean or a power clean I is the deadlift. I don't get it. And the deadlift is like, yeah, yeah, not so much that one. <laughs> a lot of my CrossFit, a lot of it eludes me. I'm not yeah, quite Don't certain. overthink it too much. <laughs> yeah. just, I've just ride some, it out. Yeah, there's some things I love in here and some things I don't love as much. So we did deadlifts and then. We did wall climbs, you know, where you like oh, yeah. lay on your stomach and you have to and like back up, and up to the wall. Until this year, I don't think we've done them since then, too. Same. But yeah. So that's so my first exposure ever to CrossFit is wall climbs. I'm like, oh, this is a like a core, this is like a staple movement of CrossFit. And I, I think we've done them once, thank God, because nobody, <laughs> we suck. And I, and I remember the that was in the WAD, that was in the Metcon. And I remember 
I think it's like four and then you moved on to the next movement. And after like round two, I'm like, I'm getting to two and I just moved on to the next movement because I'm like, fuck that. I can't do anymore. Right. And Mikey's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Well. Come back here. <laughs> you only did two. I'm like, yeah, that's all I want to do. He's like, no, 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 no. That's not the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I learned. I learned from day one. Yeah, Mikey was tough, but he softened up a little bit over the years. Mikey, no reps. Oh, the Mikey, no reps. Yeah. Yeah. He would just, yeah, just do it again. Exactly. Which is right. It's the right way to do it, right? Yeah. He, he, he trained us all the right way. I know. Um, yeah. Mikey, over the, over the years, has no rep me. Uh, not in a long time, but he's he's gotten his share of no and, reps in on me. Yeah, I'm sure. So then what would happen is like the classes that Mikey didn't coach would basically just turn to therapy sessions for the members that had to deal with Mikey. <laughs> And so, so, we so to, I'll be the one to defend Mikey because <laughs> Mikey was the like when I started, you were in London. I was. That's true. And I don't even. I don't. For some reason, I don't remember Tune coaching the Wednesday, but he, he probably was. I just remember Mikey coached every single class. He I came did. To. He actually started sleepwalking that year, like yeah. which was actually kind of scary that he would just be waking yeah. up and doing things in the kitchen and yeah, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll ride for Mikey. Mikey was like he's kept me here. I love. Uh, 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 I don't he, mean, was awesome. he was definitely was a trooper that first year. I, I give him a lot of credit for doing all those six a.m.s every day, literally every day. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, and and then it was. I just liked it from the beginning. I liked it. I really liked it. As much, and everybody talks about community and blah 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 blah. But the truth is, like those guys I just mentioned, you know, the the OG group, you know, the six a.m. Like they were just. We became friends. Yeah. And I I love. I'm I'm competitive. I'm a pretty competitive person, and so back in those days, you know, before we had, there wasn't a, a sugar wad or anything like that. It was just the board. The whiteboard was it, right. right? And so you you guys would always take a picture at the end of the day. I remember and post it on the blog every single day. Uh, yeah. Take a picture of the, of the whiteboard, and on the shit talking we would do over text at like <laughs> seven o'clock at night when you guys posted the results of the day. Because we were 6 a.m., so we're like, you know, you know how it is. We're always the guinea pigs. You're flying blind. Totally, yeah. totally. Like, I don't know how long this, is, this should take. Right. But so I, that I really liked. I, like, in Pat, like, Pat LaMarco was really, I, I know he's kind of getting, he's been in here a lot, although he just likes to do Murph now. <laughs> just Murph. <laughs> it's just crazy. But he'll tell you, and Carl, t- like, we used to, like, text every single night. Every single night, you see what he got. You see what he got. You see what she got. Wow, she's you know. yeah. So there's that little competitiveness, and then then you start to see results, and so it's all of it. Like it's it's so cliche. It's it's all of it for me for CrossFit. It's like the the people are amazing. You guys have I don't have to sit here and stroke you guys anymore, but it's like you guys have made it built an amazing community, and it's it's fun, and you're getting results, right? Yeah. So yeah, that was um, I was hooked. You know, I think you're someone that it's obviously impacted your life. It's Majorly. We've, been, we've been able to get, you know, Karen. I we're, keep my fingers crossed. I, I believe we're going to see Karen again. She's Good. on the fence. I'm like, make sure he, she listens to this. Um, you cannot edit so this. So Karen, someone out. I, I haven't given up hope on her She'll yet. But back. I know we also see like Molly. Someone we get to see her. Yep. Throughout the year, like depending on where she is in her sports season and all that other stuff. Correct. She's actually. Uh, I feel bad. Molly is the example of the person I use when whenever we get like a, a high school or a younger person here that's in their sports season. Because I think there was one time that Molly showed up and we did a workout. I don't know if it was Karen or it was one of those workouts that had just a ton of wall ball. 
And then I think Molly went to practice and couldn't hit a single free throw after that day. I remember this. That she, was just, she was just off. She was like throwing up air balls from the free right, throw yeah. line. She's like, I could not reach the rim. Dad. And it was just one of those things like, okay, maybe we shouldn't be doing CrossFit and also basketball <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 let's focus on one for, for the season. Yeah. She, and she's like, this has been the fresh. Like she was, she wanted to come here this summer, but she's got her, her basketball coach gave her workouts and, and it's a lot of the same, like the high intensity interval training kind of stuff. So she's like, I have to do this, but yeah, no, I, I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. 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 So. And it's, it's, she's going to be playing in college yeah. this yeah. next she's year. Playing basketball next year, Franklin Marshall college in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So it's she's exciting, Bill. She's psyched. Yeah. We're, we're excited. Well, so she, she was supposed to, she graduated high school last year. But she she took a gap year. She deferred this year because her school was going to be remote for I half the year. I remember you guys year. talking about that. I think that's yeah. a really smart idea. Yeah. I mean, courageous. Like, she's an yeah. 18-year-old kid. All of her friends are gone, going off to college. Mm-hmm. And she's stuck at home over a COVID winter, right? Um, right. So, she's she got a job. She was great. You know, she did a little gap year program up in Maine, which was cool. But she's... Uh, so she's going in three weeks. She's going to school and she can't wait. Like she's, she's so ready. She's so ready. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Tough yeah. for us. You know. I know a lot of PA road trips this, uh, <laughs> you get it. this basketball season yeah. for you. Lancaster. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully nobody listens from Lancaster, but in, in, it, by all reports, it's like this cool little town. I think it's, yeah. Is there a, uh, I gotta go see it. I gotta see, I've been there twice. Is that the, the Amish area? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. And apparently they have like some farmer, big farmer's market. And I'm like, yeah. I think that, it, yeah. So there was a bunch of, um, we were recently on vacation, like Shinkatee Island, and there was a bunch of people from, uh, I think the person renting the house next to us was from Lancaster, but there were a lot of Amish out there and you see them riding their scooters and going to the beach and they're, they're full garb. Really? And they At would the actually, beach? so yeah, they would go in the ocean, but they wore sort of a, almost a, uh, what I would describe to be like an overall type looking bathing suit. Like it was a, with an undershirt on underneath, like it was a full mm. length. It wasn't their normal sort of dress or conservative Amish garb. This was more like their swimming gear. But they they did go in the ocean, which I was very surprised by. I wouldn't have guessed that. That's crazy to me. Yeah, but yeah that's uh, that's Lancaster it's, area. It's a it's a different part of the country. The school is really cool, but yeah, I'm like, I don't know. She's she's all into it. And we'll see how things go. I, yeah. I hope she has somewhat of like a normal freshman year. Or that she's Same. getting to experience sports, and because so, I know so, that's been such a big part of her, you got it. Academic career has been having basketball to balance out the school side of things you and got everything it. else. That's yeah, a, that's exactly right. We're super proud of her. She's a, she's a good student. She's you know a good basketball player. That also made the decision easier to defer when they canceled basketball last year. So it was going to be like I'm giving. She's got four years of eligibility. She's going to give up one of her years of eligibility mm-hmm. to go to a school where she's going to be in Connecticut working remotely for half the year and and not play basketball so yeah. she, it was it seems like a pretty easy decision but again think about like an 18 year old who all her friends are gone now and she's stuck at home on her parents couch oh yeah she totally did, she did a nice job yeah she's she a good kid i like it yeah actually what i do want to talk about is one of the things i was excited for you mostly about is that uh you guys are recent dog owners you are the <laughs> owner of a uh what is, an english bulldog an english bulldog yes named saul goodman saul yep and i know you had yes. a bit of a love affair with mr willett well, for a long time Will's at the boy. 6 a.m willie's my first Willie, and yeah, um, he's my boy i was actually very excited for you guys when you got a dog so is that something that 
in ask Karen this question when she rejoins the gym and does a podcast because okay. she was just like, I don't really think we want a dog. We don't want to like. And she wasn't. I a, feel like you were always on the fence for a lot because she co- was. Does Aaron have Aaron's allergies? Got allergies? You got okay. a good, you have a good memory, then. Yeah. yeah so Aaron, that's things. that was really the biggest thing. Like my daughter Aaron has cougar. She's got severe like severe allergies. Like when the our dog licks her, she breaks out in hives. Did you just tell her to start dealing with it? Well, <laughs> no, but she's also the biggest animal lover in our family. So she yeah. was the one always pushing her, like, well, Aaron, we can't. And then you know, we'd see an allergist, and they'd be like, well, she can go get shots every single week of her life to, in, to have a dog. And she's like, yep, okay, I'll do that. We're like, no, no, you don't really want to do it. You want to <laughs> get, get a shot, a vaccine, every single week. And she's like, yes. Really? And Is so that what she does? She does. So she gets a shot, and it, it won't be forever. It actually you build up a tolerance. Do you guys give it to her? No, we, she's got to go to an allergist, and they give it to her. Okay, every single week, and so we've had Saul for a year, and she's. Uh, I think it's getting a little bit better, but still, if he like goes crazy on her and lick, licks her, she breaks out. Of lives. I know, and he's a tank of a dog. He's too. a tank, and he didn't show up well. So he's, I introduced him to the gym. And he did not show well. He's like he needs a second chance because he was a puppy. Yeah, and he was a jerk. We hadn't had him fixed yet. He was. Uh, it, he was. Yeah, an, he was an it. asshole that day, and he was like jumping on the other dogs. And I'm like, I gotta get him on here. I gotta tell you a story. Like it's too long of a story for this, but I gotta tell you the drive home that day when he got attacked by a hawk. Legit story. Swear to God. He actually got attacked by a hawk in the on the drive home. Dan, I swear on my life. On the drive home, I was doing 40 miles an hour from that day in the gym. A hawk flew into our car, moving car, 40 miles an hour. He's in the back seat, window down in the back. A hawk flew, like caught us, intersected the exact, judged how fast we were going, flew in the back. We're like, what was that? What, what was it? Like, I'm looking back there. The dog's barking. Aaron was with me. And we're like, I'm like, what the fuck was that? What was that? And she's like, I don't what, know. What she's happened? Like, you she's heard, like, I think you I heard yeah, it. It's a boom, boom. We hear boom, boom, boom. This thing like hits in the back, like hits the window. And I look in the rear view mirror and there's nothing. And a feather. And the, do- <laughs> the dog's barking. This is, this is a crazy story. I swear to I've God. I've never heard this story I, before. This, I, this is I, definitely going to share as part of the episode. All right, too, by the way. I'll try to keep it quick then. No, no. This, this is the honest to God truth. I could not make this up. What, boom, boom, boom. We hear this noise. I don't know what it is. So. I keep driving. I'm like, what was that? Dogs barking. And I kind of hear rustling going on in the back seat. And I'm like, is there something in this car right now? And Aaron's like, Dad, I don't know. We're both. She's looking over the seat. She was in the passenger seat? She's in the passenger seat. She's okay. looking over the seat. She can't see anything. So I'm like, oh, I pull and over. You're, you're in the Jeep driving, at this point. Jeep, yeah, so it's yeah. a hatchback where the, the trunk is open to which the rear is, seat. Which is important to, you just brought yes. up an important part of this story, right? Trying so, to set the scene. <laughs> setting the scene very well. So the dog's in the back seat. Aaron's next to me in the passenger seat. So I pull over. I'm like, is there damage to the car? And I look in the mirror, the rear view mirror, and I swear to God, in the back, the way back, in the hatch, you know, where it's a Jeep, right? So this bird head appears over the back seat in the wings go up like a rising phoenix i swear to and i'm like what the fuck what the this hawk this massive hawk is in my back seat and i just had like i don't know why impulse kicked in i hit the key thing on the key fob to open the hatchback yeah and so the hatchback opened in the most majestic looking it just goes whoom like two flaps of the wings and it takes off 
It was the most beautiful looking thing I've ever seen. But that happened, and it was in that day. It was on that after Saul was here on the drive home from here. So anyway, that's that's my did, funny story. Did Saul got scratched up at all. I, I mean, they have some pretty aggressive talents. Didn't seem to be. Yeah, he seemed to be fine. Like, I think the I think the thing. If I I don't know, so I'm guessing. Oh, now, you probably crashed. Into I the think car. it crashed into. I think it like it was a childproof window, so the window's only halfway down. I think somehow it didn't get in clean. And like I think the thing went tumbling from the window, went tumbling into the yeah, back, yeah. in the back seat. So. Crazy story. I have friends that have uh, dealt with turkeys on highways sort of jumping up and taking them into the windshield and stuff like that happening. <laughs> I've heard those stories too. Yeah. I, I've never heard about a bird actually sort of getting into but the car. Can you imagine, like seriously, think about the physics of this, right? I'm not uh, kidding. Yeah. I'm driving 40 miles an hour. It's like a Mythbusters episode. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I want to see the science behind this. Like the And the, the child-proof window in the back seat, so it's not open all the way. Right. In this thing measured how fast we're going and how fast he needed to go and he he did it and i'd saw <laughs> that's what so so that, that's or, beg, or it you, begs the question do you think it's just random that we were driving where he was flying or do you think he was hunting saul saul was a puppy then he was little yeah crazy um i can't imagine that they would fly that low otherwise so that's right yeah right yeah so yeah that happened that day oh, that's, that's I, a crazy story yeah True story. I swear, to you, like I couldn't make that up. You might be a contender for the craziest stories of the gyms, and like, <laughs> let's go, let's go. <laughs> so, Bill, normally when we get to sort of like the end of these episodes and I wrap them up, I like to go through sort of a series of rapid fire questions. And I see you do have a notepad today, so you have prepared a little bit. I prepped I, a little bit for this. I'm excited about this. Well, only because you I know, appreciate preparation. I, I want to be professional, and I want to give this podcast the the due that it deserves. I do appreciate that because I might have to look up these questions on my phone to make sure I remember them all. I can tell you what they were. Okay. <laughs> the first question yeah. is that if you could go back in time and send yourself a message on your first day trying out a class or when you got first got exposed to CrossFit, and this can be a voicemail, text message, whatever it would be, what would that message be? So this is one I did want to write this one down. I wanted to give this one a little bit of thought, and I don't think this isn't like a profound answer. Like, but the But the biggest thing is for me – that might be a lesson for new members here is don't be afraid to suck. Right. And so like, I think I would really get frustrated and with certain movements and stuff that I couldn't do or wasn't good at. And so I can remember vividly like watching tune specifically and tunes form was just still as like tunes form is flawless on his Olympic weightlifting moves. And I'm like, yeah, but he's been doing this for two years. Like, I'll be there. Here I am nine years later, and I still, like, my form still sucks. But I, I do. Your form like, does not suck. My, certain moves, it sucks. Certain moves is garbage. But, like, that was the thing. Like, I would get really frustrated. I would get really, like, overhead squats frustrated me. Double unders frustrated me. And yeah. I'm like, you know, then at some point you get them. And I don't know why I get so frustrated about them. I think it's part of anything that we do. It's like there's sort of, you know, there's obviously that learning curve of, we need to do the reps or do the work to actually learn the movements. And there's always certain movements that I, I feel like they've always felt more frustrating than others. Yes. And I remember double unders for me when I first got into CrossFit with Mikey and myself, double unders were, I think, like a five-year movement for me. I just Is never- Is that true? Yeah. Really? Oh, I, I hated them. Oh, you're good at it, though. We've gotten better, but I think, it, and part of it, this was, they were very rarely programmed. When they were programmed a couple times, I remember Mikey and Barry were some of the first people to have them. You remember those ropes where they were like hard plastic pieces that were pieced together and there's a rope in the middle of them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, really yeah. like little piece of licorice almost yeah. Oh, yeah. super heavy rope yeah, like awful that was one of the first ropes that people started getting double unders on and you could like i remember i just remember hearing it like tick through and and i just remember it was like years of doing crossfit before i ever really started getting them and then it wasn't until i actually like forced myself to start practicing them a few days a week yeah that it started i started seeing a little improvement and then it's this whole thing is you you kind of feel like it's pointless at the time like it's not going to go anywhere exactly and I did them. I just remember I went to my, I went into my garage at home one day cause I was just frustrated. I'm like, I should be able to do this. Like everybody else was getting them. People that had started with me after me were getting them and I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Are you so I just went in my garage one day and you would give me like the tip about like getting the rhythm and, I, and then I got them. I just got them. And, and it's like, cause I feel like double unders are your jam now. Yeah. Like, not, I'm not terrible at them. Yeah. Not bad. I'm like I'm, a double under wall ball workout, well, double under wall go. ball running. That, that's sort of like, I okay, will, I will take that every day of the week. <laughs> You betcha, hundred percent. Yes, those are the moves. Um, I like I like double unders. You know, I'm not as good as uh, some. You know, like Pat Lamarco is legendary. Mikey's amazing. Garrett's really good at double unders, but yeah, um, yeah. But I, I like them. Yeah, I've always said double unders are one of those movements that uh, anyone can do. Yes. So this is a call out. Like it's to, a neurological. This it's is not a call a- out to Jeff Funk. If you're listening, Jeff Funk, <laughs> he tries. You should see him in the pool, though. He I is. It, right? He kills swim wad. Funk is. He's, dude's an athlete. Like he he's, is. He's strong. Like, Surprisingly, he's strong. so yeah. I think he surprises himself sometimes. I think like, that's. I think when he just says like "fuck it," I'm going to go for it. Like his overhead squats are sick. That guy's. Like, yeah. He's doing over 200 pounds with overhead squats. He's pretty crazy. Right, Funk's another one I need to get on this podcast. Yeah, get him on. He's fun. What, what, entertaining. Not, get him a couple this is Tito's. Be a funk tangent. He, he should be his own episode in of himself. Get him a couple like, Tito's and uh, let him go to work. What I've always impressed about with Funk is that I feel like, depending on who he works out with, will determine his weight for what the movement he's doing is. <laughs> so true. And like you can kind of rotate him through people that are going to be lifting a little bit lighter or someone who's going to be lifting heavy for the day, and he'll be able to keep up with them either way. And it, I've been surprised by it where sometimes I see him lifting, so I'm like, oh, he's just going light today, or that's just where he is, or his knee, or whatever, and then. He'll start busting out heavy overhead squats or he'll work with Rachie on, on like a 10 rep squat and get 205 where I'm just like, where is this coming it's from? It's like he so accidentally true. partners up the wrong person and he all of a sudden he just PRs it is so and he can lift true. all this weight where he doesn't know that he shouldn't be able to do it. And I call him and on he this. Can do I'm it. like, and it's amazing. Put effort into this and you crush every single wide. Like some days he was, you know, some days like we all kind of put a stamp on right. something, but I'm like, Jeff, dude, you're really good at this. Right. Go. But the thing is, like, I feel like every day is a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of describes Jeff like, Funk, doesn't it? <laughs> it's just every day is a surprise. You don't know where he's going to be. And then I remember one time he was traveling. I think he was doing an open workout in Las Vegas or whatever. And he put up this phenomenal score. That's what I mean. And It's in there. We were kind of like bullshit. And then I feel like he did the workout here. It's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. It's legit. He, he, can, he can go there. Yeah. By accident. Occasionally. <laughs> by accident. All right, Bill. I like it. The next question is, what is your most memorable moment or workout at Strongtown? Like, it's funny. Like, the things that I remember, this is probably says a little bit about me, which is probably not great. Like, the things I remember are the bad things. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> like, I remember. Stacy had definitely a couple negative memories, yeah, too. I've yeah, I've, like, I've got, I'll have scars on my shins, for both shins for the rest of my life because of missed box jumps that I've, where I bled all over the gym. That's happened three times, not once, three times I've done that because I'm an idiot. I've hurt my back doing deadlifts. I remember, I remember, but I remember there was a, and I can't remember the workout. What's the one heavy? Is it DT the one where it's 155 overhead? Yep. 
Is DT? Uh, is it DT's that one? DT's twelve nine six deadlift hang power clean shoulder overhead. Yeah, one fifty five. Yeah, that's the one. So I remember doing that workout. It was a there were some times over these nine years where six a.m. was not well attended, and I remember it was just my, Brian Van Ness and I were the only two people. BVN and I were the only two people doing that wad, and I just failed. I couldn't put get that weight overhead anymore, and so it's like those are the ones I remember that one. I don't know, yeah. like, I just remember being like, I just, like, I'd have to sit and wait for three minutes to try to get one more shoulder overhead because I, I was shot. It was, I did it at 155, which I shouldn't have done, which was stupid, right? Right. I was, I was in shape those days. But, like, the good things, as we talked about double owners, but, I like, the big thing for me is, like, the, the one movement that I'm probably most proud of, I'm not great at them. I'm, like, middle of the pack, but overhead squats are something. I remember the very first time I ever tried them in here, I was like, why can't I get, like, what's going on? I couldn't even do the bar. I could lift the bar. I can squat the bar. I just couldn't, I wasn't flexible enough or I wasn't, now I love them. Like, it's a great movement. Pat Lamarco will shoot me for saying that because he hates them too. But yeah. like, we used to, like, commiserate about how hard those. So anyway, that's like, memories are one day, I remember I, I got 135. I was able to put the plates on and do an overhead squat. And I'm like, yep, that's cool. Because I couldn't yeah. do the bar. No, it's like a big milestone. Like yeah. you have to put like the big boy plates on the bar. Yeah, like yeah, it. and the, I mean, I was, I've been here so long. There's so many great memories and like you know the open workouts and the you know all the barbecues and the Murph. Like I had a good Murph one year. Um, so lots of them. I love it here. Tune didn't want to give this answer, but but Tune did have a most memorable moment at Strongtown, and it was recently within the past year. There was a. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. He didn't want to steal your thunder. But oh my car there, getting there was stolen? a situation <laughs> where, where someone showed up in a car. That's his most. Me- that's that motherfucker's most. <laughs> he, he was going to say that was his most memorable moment, and then he didn't want to steal it from you in terms of his most memorable moment or workout. Yeah. It's going to be like when Bill Flanning got his car stolen from six a.m. To be fair, he's like the most memorable. Yes, that is certain, <laughs> certainly something I will never forget. I walked out of here and my car was gone. Not anybody's fault but mine. <laughs> when you leave your keys in the car and the happens. car open. Yeah. I mean, but I've been here for nine years. I've done that 9,000 times. In your defense, <laughs> I will also say you're here at a time when it's, yeah. it's 6 a.m. And it was Monday. There's no one else even in the building. Every now and then there'll be someone from the newspaper yeah. distributor that they might have a car here. Yeah. But for the most part, like the parking lot is empty at the time compared to the rest of the day when there are other companies here and their trucks coming in and out and all this other stuff. So I do get that it's someplace that you've always felt comfortable. Correct. And that you don't you don't have to worry about it. That's right. But I, then I, now I, I, I guess I mean fortunately it was dumb. It was dumb of me, but yeah, you're exact you nailed it. That's exactly right. It's, it was a Monday at six AM. Like, right. I think it was also the first day after Easter or something too, which this ties into your first class at Strongtown, was you it, said. Was it? It might have. Was it? I think it was right after Easter. It was Easter. April 5th. It was Easter on April 4th this year? It might have been. Wow. I remember there being a connection to Easter. I didn't put those two things together. Like my first day and my car stolen day at CrossFit. Nice. Yeah. Milestones. Hmm. <laughs> my car stolen <laughs> I day? I should have gone out. I should have quit that day. That's a bookend my career at no, no. CrossFit. It's like Jesus being reborn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but fortunately, it worked. That you did get your car back. I did, no problems. My car was fine. My golf gloves were stolen. Your which golf bum- gloves were stolen. Me out, but the car was like fine. Nothing wrong with it. It was so random. Like they took the most. They took my vaccination card, 
Yeah. Which sucked. Um, they took my golf clothes, but they left. Which I think was only like a one-shot vaccination. Yeah, card it was, or only, it was only halfway through at the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they left stuff. Like they left, like like I had a, a pretty expensive pair of sunglasses sitting right there. They left those. Like that's something you easily steal, right? Yeah. Like, you know. Anyway, all good. Insurance covered it all. All good. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out. I felt absolutely awful that happened. It's funny have. because we have our neighbors seem to have cameras in the parking lot, <laughs> and hopefully they figured it out by now and no one's listening to this, but uh, none of them knew how to actually operate the cameras and go back to get the old footage and actually save it. And I I was able to like get a, I had to do a recording of their video screen because they couldn't figure out how to save the video and export it. Oh, that's how you did it? Yeah. Because, yeah, so thank you for doing that because I know you put a lot of work in it. Like legit, thank you. That was creepy. Like it was creepy to watch. Right. Because the camera was pointed right at my car as luck would have it. And you know, what stuck out to me about it was like, was this just, was this a one-time thing yeah. where they got lucky and they just happened to pull in and your car happened to be there? Or have they tried this multiple times in the past and failed? Or, it did, it, I it mean, it, it, really, it just opened my eyes up to the whole I know. sort of thing, which I kind of was always taken for granted. You they, know, they I hear the stories a, on Facebook. But they and, walked yeah. around the video. Like, if you remember the video, they walked around. I don't know if it was Scott's car or Jeff's car. A nice, a nice Scott's, Audi. Like, you know, uh, Scott had a BMW. That they BMW, went to. yeah. And they like walk around yeah. that. The Subaru was not Deb's Subaru. No one checked. <laughs> uh, for, for the record, no, they went right by the Subaru and said no. And then the well, BMW was a yes. My car's a 2013 and, uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee. It's not like, you know. Well, they showed up in a Jeep. And I'm like, I guarantee they probably sold that one too. So Jeep owners just do guaranteed. not lock their cars because they're in Jeeps and they're, they're ready for everything at all times. Maybe. Like, that's what the cop, the, the cop's like, I'm a little worried that they showed up in a Jeep and stole a Jeep. Maybe they're like looking for Jeep parts or something. Yeah. But I got it back. All good. I like it. Yep. I would feel completely violated. It'd be one of those things I'd almost give it back to insurance because it's totaled. It was... <laughs> It's funny, like that's what a lot of people have said that, and I'm like, yeah, didn't bother. <laughs> it was it, it was trashed, like it was tr- like they rifled through everything, so I did feel a little violated yeah. there, and like the seat was way back, uh, like like the reclined way back. I, I know the kid wasn't that tall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the dumbest thing I think I like the dumbest thing was I'd left my wallet in there too. Yeah, because I'm dumb. And they rang up thousands of dollars on my credit cards in the first hour. Yeah. Like at Wendy's and Cumberland Farms and Lowe's, like the weirdest, like they were buying gift cards. Which, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, they know there's a window of time before yeah. it actually gets flagged. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah, you got it. So. Did you change the locks on your house I after did. that? Yeah, you did. did okay. that, yeah. I would, hope, so I would hope so. We did. We did that. Changed the garage, the garage door fobs. Yeah. I had to reprogram those and like all of it, you know. But insurance paid for all of it, so it wasn't great, but all good now. Yeah. Yeah. Worked out. I yep. like it. And you're back. I'm back. Yes, and we're locking the car now and taking the keys inside. <laughs> Every single day, I have to make sure I hear the thing locked. Lessons learned. Exactly. Bill, next question yes, is, sir. what is something, and you touched on this a little bit, but what is something that you never thought you'd be able to do that you are now able to do? And this is in the context of when you first started out, I think there's a lot of things that CrossFit when you first get exposed to it, especially now people see the games on TV or, yeah. or wherever. Yeah. Or you see someone doing muscle-ups or double-unders, and there's always that initial impression of, I'm not going to be able to do that. And, and what is something that, when you first started out, you never really felt like you'd be able to do that you are now kind of able yeah. to do? I mean, the biggest thing is overhead squats, but I've talked about that a little bit already because that was, not only was I incapable of doing one, you know, to be able to get to like a, 
I think my PR is like 185. So it's a pretty decent weight now. You know, not you know, there's people that are way stronger than that, but that's one. And then I'd say like uh, probably handstand push-ups is another one. Okay. For, I just couldn't do those for the longest time. And, and, and the thing about this is like, you know, a lot of our members are in their 20s. And so there's always this feeling like, well, I'll get to them. I'll do them. Well, well I'm, uh, I think our members are a little bit older than you're assuming, maybe, Bill. It could be. I'm in my now late 40s. And so at some point you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. Maybe I'll never do that. But like handstand push-ups is one like I just – Kind of, I think you gave me the tip about like just tucking. You or Mike yeah. gave me the tip about tucking, and all of a sudden I'm like, well, I did it. And then I could do like a lot of them, not a lot, but enough. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? You could do them. Yeah, that's one. So, like, just that one really surprised me. You know, like um, bar muscle ups, I figured I'd be able to get, and I was able to. I, can't, I still, like, muscle ups themselves, that's one I'm just like, this is maybe a quitter's mentality. Like, I'm just not interested in those. And so I'm probably not going to ever get in the Olympics on the rings. Yeah. So I'm like, don't even try those. And I get like, I tried one day for like an hour and I got hurt. And I'm like, nah, not worth it. But no, I, I get that. I think I get myself caught up sometimes where, you know, you see all those inspirational videos of someone on YouTube <laughs> or whatever trying to like a hundred times. Yes. And so they finally get it. Kelly. I, I Kelly was the most inspirational. Yeah. Kelly and her, the video of her trying a thousand times to get her first right. muscle and then she got it and everyone went nuts. I'm like, and then like, I, I'm someone today on my last set of bet or squats or whatever. I went into it. I got literally, I started the descent. I knew it wasn't going anywhere and just dumped the bar. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, Nope. It was like, you want to try that again? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Live to fight another day. Dan. Yeah. Live to fight it another was okay. Day. <laughs> Not yeah. feeling it. I have, I have a lot of moments like so this. Some stuff like that. It's like, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. But that's I, I I love CrossFit because like I said that little competitive thing kicks in for me. I'm like I just don't want to like I yeah. don't want to quit. But there are certain movements where I'm just like I'm not. I want to be smart and I don't want to get hurt. You know. I think one of the things that sort of helps keep me motivated is that there's enough there's enough workouts that have movements in them that I do feel good at. Yeah. Or it's just it's very easy to kind of look at things and be like, all right, well you know not today I'll get the next one. Ex or, or, exactly. You, you know, know, this isn't going to be a workout that I'll push it on. And maybe the next workout, which is, you know, running double unders and wall ball, <laughs> that, that's going to be, I'm, I'm waiting for that one to hit it out of the park. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Bill, next question. This is, I'm curious what your answer is on this one, Bill, but okay. what is a common myth that you often hear about the gym or CrossFit that you wish you could debunk? Yeah. So this one, I'd love to give you like what I think might be an original answer. I bet you get this one before, but it, like the thing I hear about, so, so it's funny, like People in town, like when they meet me, they're like, oh, aren't, don't you do CrossFit? There's like this thing, like that I'm like some like animal workout guy because I do CrossFit. I'm like, Dude, yeah, yeah, I do CrossFit. I, I ain't no, I'm, no, I'm no animal workout guy. Like you could probably bench press me right now. But the kind of underlying unsaid thing there is that's super intense or too hard, and it's not. I mean, obviously, we talk about how a, you can scale everything, but it's as hard as you want it to be, but you could be completely out of shape and have never lifted a weight and you can do it. So I've had that conversation with a lot of people over the years. Just like, I think there's this perception that it's for like insane people that are just like fire breathers and it's not. That's the biggest thing for me. It's like, it's just, no, it's just, a, it's just working out. You know? Yeah. We had a person um, tried out a class, I think this might have been the other week, and tried out a day when it was sort of, uh, 
a hang squat snatch and overhead squat complex and tough. then the workout was hang squat snatches and handstand push-ups and tough. it was just like tough day a lot of high skill movements and yeah. it wasn't really the ideal workout it was also a workout that it was very easy to scale the movements so the hang power snatch was a little bit easier. we could just go a little bit lighter and then just focus on the form of the overhead squat and then the workout itself she was able to do push-ups she was able to go a little lighter but she was actually able to figure out the hang squat snatch movement so she had done cross in the past and taken some time off and she said you know afterwards that she was nervous about trying out the class when she saw what the workout was but then after it was all done she was very glad that she did and that it was a very easy workout to modify and then she was still able to kind of get a workout out of it which I love it I think that's all part of it is that you know sometimes these workouts that you read down the list and it's like well I can do none of that yeah but there is always something that can be done that will kind of give people the stimulus of what kind of what we're looking for that's the thing and like i i've i've sold it to a lot of people in town using the exact rationale for how they can get through it's it's just yeah certain wads certain mechanics are really hard right right certain workouts are really hard but you kind of you can do everything you can do it you right. can scale everything so that's my that's i think the biggest misperception is that it's it's for only the hardest of hardcores and it's i think it's the very opposite of that yeah i think it's for every single person probably better for people that aren't like great workout junkies because it gets them going quickly and it, and it teaches them a lot quickly oh yeah, yeah. i know and i'm forever using jerry lou as an example oh, I, mean, I, I kind of i stopped mentioning that she's my mother because yeah. I, I feel like that discredits her a little bit when people hear it, it's, it's like oh it's your mother she's probably been doing this for 50 years yeah but you know we get a lot of people who they when they hear about what we do or whatever the, the first response is that i'm too old or that you know i can't do that anymore and then yeah it's very easy for us to then go back and be like, well, you know, our oldest member is 76 and right. she started when she was 67. Yeah. And she's, and she's, she's been loving. Yeah. It. Right. Yeah. And it's just had Listen, you know, exponential if, benefits on her life. If you want to put, uh, cause my, I have gray hair, as you know, like if you want to put me up on, so you have on, a, you have a strong uh, head of hair. We, we weren't going to talk about that on today's podcast. Girl, but. <laughs> that's, that's a little, yeah, we went a little off subject. Here, I, I, I feel like you've had that head my, of hair since point, 17. Point is it's gray. <laughs> And the point is, like, you put me on Instagram, you're like, oh, look at that old guy working out. I can do that, right? You know, yeah. so. Anyway, no, but Jerry Lou is a, I don't think all 76-year-olds can, no, uh, no, can I, do the most she's I, done. <laughs> she's pretty special. And to what you said, I, I know you're, you're in the marketing profession. We haven't spoken too much it. about this. But, <laughs> yes. like, there are times when I do my little social media posts and I'm trying to do something about appealing to someone who's a little bit older. Exactly. And, and trying to get back into fitness. Yeah, I give you permission and to And then I'm me. like, oh, Bill's looking a little silver there. <laughs> like, like let me get a picture of Billy Flanning and posting on this one. I'm okay with that. I'll, I'm okay with it. It's used with my permission. But it's, it's something that people can relate to, Bill. That's right. Yes. All right, Bill, the final question is that, you know, we spoke about what first brought you to Strong Town, but what is something that what, what keeps you coming back yeah. after all these years? Yeah. Nine years later. I mean, so the obvious answer is, but it's the cliche, but this is the truth. The obvious answer is the people for sure. Like you guys in the 6 a.m. class, especially, like we're friends, like legit friends. Like, yeah. yeah. I could share with you the text chains, and you're on a lot of them. I see them every now and then. I'm yeah. awful at group text messages, yeah. by the way. Well, good. Good move. <laughs> good move. But we're legit friends. So that's a big part of it. And then, like, just, you know, I'm, I'm 49 years old, and, you know, you look in the mirror, and you're like, I've, I only got there twice last week, or I, I'm just like maybe just vain enough or just I want to be in shape. I yeah. want to be in shape. I'm not ready to like concede. And so like that's a big part of it for me. Like that's the, but I don't want to just 
I don't want to be completely out of shape. I want to, you know, and I like to, I'm still competitive and like, those are the things that keep me coming back. So if I, if I'm, I'm off of CrossFit, cause I, you know me, I go, I go in and out, I'll go for a stretch for a couple of weeks where I'm like here twice, three times, but I always come back cause I, I, I know what's here for me and I know I can, you know, I was down in with my daughter in, in down south for four days, and we're like eating like shit for four days because you're on the road the whole time. And I'm okay with it because I'm like, you know what? I'll just start. I'll just work out a bunch more when, back at, at Strongtown. It's funny because in CrossFit, there's this whole idea of that you know the gym should be the best hour of someone's day. And, and recently, I've been listening to some people kind of criticize that idea of like, well, it's like I don't know if it's the best hour of, if you want to be the best hour of someone's day. It's like there's a lot of things that happen to someone's day. It's like I don't know. If, you know, the gym is the best. And well, it's like, I understand the sentiment. Like what they were trying to talk about was that ideally for myself, at least that like the, it's the idea that like fitness is a pillar of someone's day or not someone's day, but fitness is a pillar of someone's lifestyle. And that, you know, whether it's not necessarily that you're trying to go to the CrossFit games or, or yeah. that I'm trying to qualify for a master's division or whatever it is. Right. But I know I should be working out somewhere between three and six times a week. And then hopefully I can get in some days in the gym or some running days or whatever it might be. But that it's just recognizing that fitness is an important part of trying to push off the couch or the retirement home or, or recognizing that you got it. this work that we do, even though we might be competitive about it and that it, it can be something that pushes us, but it, it's just something we enjoy doing and can improve our lives outside the gym. You, you said it better than me. Like that's yeah. like, I there's this kind of, Again, I'm, you know, 49, like there's this inevitability kind of thing that you're getting older. You can't do anything about it, right? But that's something I can do about it, right? It makes me feel good physically. It makes me feel better about myself. You know, it makes me feel better about being a dad and being like raising our kids to understand the importance of fitness. Yeah. That's a really important thing for us. And, you know, Karen and I talk about that all the time is like we're really proud to have our kids seeing us working out, right? Like it's hopefully a model that they'll follow. So it's it's all that. And, you know, it's the first time, it's been nine years, but it's the first time in my life where I've actually, you know, been part of a fitness, uh, a, like a, not a movement, not a movement, but a group of people that are into fitness. And, you know, let's say you party with a lot of, you have groups of people that do different things, but this is like a fitness group. And so it's all positive. It's just, yeah, yeah it's been it, it, the most cliche thing I'm going to say in this whole podcast, but it is so true. It, it absolutely changed my life. Joining here absolutely changed my life. 100%. I love it, yeah. Bill. Yeah. I appreciate it. Also, just a quick note that, you know, when you first contacted us and I, I was contacted by a Flanagan. <laughs> you knew. <laughs> my, my first reaction to that was like, I'm going to like this person. Here's a real one. Even though I didn't respond I, to you very quickly. Wait, let me, Dan, let me just finish my beer here before we go. <laughs> <laughs> this this person and I will get along. I like I yeah. would I would sit here and do this with you a thousand times. Let's just drink beers and shoot the breeze. And I, I appreciate it. Bill, uh, thank you so much. Dan is awesome, man. If people have any questions for you, um you're comfortable with me sharing your your Instagram handles. hundred percent. hundred percent. I'm not it's like uh, yeah. Billy, Billy Flan. Billy Flan twelve is my Instagram. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I like it. Look for it. Bill, thanks so much. Man. Thank you, Dan. This is awesome, man. I appreciate right. it. Have a good one. All right, bud. Thank you for listening to another episode of Strongtown Talks. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave us a rating or review. We are always grateful for any feedback we get. 